This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hi everyone, it's Rabbi Dr. Jack Cohen with the Dating and Shalom Bias series. Today I'd like to examine the odyssey of a young man who went through dating and he's going to teach us so many wonderful lessons about how it's important. You've got to figure yourself out before you get into Shaduchim. You've got to know who you are and what you represent so you know what to look for. By the way, before I start, I'd like just to let everyone know that thank God I love helping people, and especially in dating mentoring and Shalom Bias mentoring. If you need any help in any way from anywhere in the world, whether you're in the middle of a relationship, you'd just like to get a second opinion and make sure that you're with the right one, or you need help in terms of someone to serve as a matchmaker for you, would like for help in getting your top 10 dri- list drafted, I can do all of that for you using WhatsApp or Zoom today. You can email me at drjackcohen18 at gmail.com for an appointment, or as well, you can send me a WhatsApp request for an appointment, and then we'll make that happen from anywhere in the world. It's so important today to have good, solid direction. So many people are just navigating through Shidduchim uh, without any kind of GPS and then making horrible mistakes. So it behooves you to, you know, if you need help, seek it. You'll avoid much costlier mistakes later on. So let's start with this young man's story. Before entering Shidduchim, he writes, I've been under the naive illusion that because of the Shidduch crisis, girls would jump at the opportunity to go out with a nice from boy. After all, the numbers are with the boys, right? Isn't it, isn't it out there, common expression, there's seven or eight boys to every girl? And I will have no shortage of dates. The way I understood it, if you're all a boy entering the Pasha and you're basically normal, in any sense of the world, girls will be desperate to go out with you. Boy, was he wrong. My experiences in Shaduchim utterly dispelled that misconception. So don't get on the high horse thinking that because you're a boy and you go to yeshiva, that you have it made in the shade. It doesn't work that way, as we're going to find out. I had learned in, in good yeshivas, but I came from a decided non-yeshivish out-of-town community. And had been raised by older, second-time married parents who were not just Bali Tshuva, but out-of-the-box Bali Tshuva, who never quite integrated into the religious community. Look, they named me Yoav, for instance. That's hardly a very atypical yeshivish name. Well, meaning as my parents were, they didn't quite well get the nuances of from living and going to Shaduchim, I knew I, going, I had to fend for myself. So he knew that there was, he could not rely on his parents because his parents were Bali Tshuva, they weren't they were the typical that fit the mold of the Yeshivish paradigm of, of the parents of a Yeshivish Bachar, so that he knew that he would have to be more proactive on his own, which is okay because then it teaches you how to fend for yourself. In the Yeshivas I attended, college had been a dirty word, and throughout my late teen years, I was sure I'd spend the rest of my life in Kolel. When I returned from learning in Israel, I associated with the long-term learning crowd. You know, the boys talk about their learning five years, six years, eight, ten years. And I didn't think too deeply into plans for the future until I went out on my first date when I was 23 years old. I wore a hat and jacket throughout the entire date, all the while thinking to myself, but I'm not a hat and jacket guy. Why am I doing this? Who am I faking? And when the girl talked also about moving to Israel and learning in a cold long term, I felt uneasy. I thought to myself, that's not me, Yoav. I'm not that kind of a guy. I'm not the long-term learner type. But who was I? Now here's the key, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to find out who you are. Take the time when you're single to understand who you are, what your needs are, what your interests are, what your aspirations are. Who was I, he asks. After the first date, I decided to take a break from Shaduchim while I figured myself out. I was trying to throw myself into my learning at Yeshiva, but the more I thought about who I was and where I was going, the more I realized that I was just not making too much time productive in the base medrash, pretending to be someone I wasn't. Torah learning was important to me, but I couldn't do it all day. I wasn't the type of guy who could sit 10 hours in the base medrash. It was time for a change. 
I left yeshiva and began looking for a respectable job while trying to maintain a consistent learning schedule. The job search was really challenging, and being out of yeshiva made it difficult to learn a solid amount every day as there was constant pressure to find a good job. And you know what happens? You're in yeshiva, so you have structure. Once you leave yeshiva, you've got to go make your own structure. Not so simple. You have to be disciplined. After several months, however, I finally landed a decent job and found a great chavrus, a learning partner to learn with. Well, at least now, I wasn't living a charade. About a year after a year after my, my first date, I officially re-entered Shidduchim, thinking that now I was in a better position to meet the type of girl who was right for me. And boy, was I wrong. As is typical of boys in Shidduchim, I had a lot of girls' names thrown at me by Shadchanim. Here, here's a girl, here's Judy, here's Malka, here's Yehudis. I would make the requisite inquiries into each girl, get back to the Shadchan with a yes, and then wait to hear back from the girl. And most of the time, the answer was no. Actually, most of the time, there was no answer. The parents of the girl simply wouldn't even respond to the Shadchan. Presumably, they were trying to spare me the disappointment of being rejected that left me hanging. Waiting for an answer until I couldn't take the suspense anymore and I picked up the phone to ask the shotgun, what's doing? What's going on? Why am I getting no responses? Even then, I wouldn't usually hear, I usually would hear, wouldn't hear the flat no. Oh, I'm not sure, they said. She was busy. They didn't sound excited. This is how they reviewed his, him for a shidduch. I wish they would have just told me they're not interested. Yes, it would sting and hurt, but at least they would let me know clearly that they're not for me. Instead, I was left in no man's land, forced to figure out on my own that the answer was a no. You know, I have this happen all the time. I have many clients that I set up, and it doesn't work out for some reason. And we try to find out what's the reason why it didn't work out so we can better prepare for the next round. And most people are elusive. They won't tell you the real answer, but if you could get into the habit, if you don't like someone you dated, and you can just give a, a bit of an answer, you can help the individual... It would be a big hakarosatov, a big chesed to the individual that when they, he or she goes on the next date, they're better prepared for it. When I did get a yes from a girl, the aftermath of the dates was frustrating. It's always disappointing to be turned down after dating someone, but when a reason is given, it mitigates the pain of rejection somewhat and gives you an idea of how you can improve yourself going forward. And we all want to improve. We want to know what we're doing wrong so we can correct it. Shachanim usually had no answer to the question of why did the girl say no which left me discouraged and mystified as to why I was getting rejected so often and how I could improve my shidduch prospects. At one point, about 10 girls in a row refused to go out with me. Hearing no after no made the realization that even having a job and being kovei itim, which was learning Torah with set schedules, were not enough to lend me a good girl, were not enough to lend me a good shidduch, as he got 10 no's in a row. Apparently, I discovered the shidduch crisis is not so much about quantity as it is about expectations. So many singles today have expectations. The fact that good boys are in short supply doesn't mean that the girls have lowered their standards at all. In fact, if a girl is looking to marry a learning boy, she wants someone who's generally committed to full day learning, not someone who's a faker. And, it, and if a girl is looking to marry a working boy, she wants someone who either has a well-paying job or is studying for a respectable degree. As we know, what's his plan? I gave a share about a month ago. The man with the plan. Girls want a man that has a plan. What's his future plan? How is he going to expect him to be able to sustain his household? No serious girl wants to marry someone who isn't particularly accomplished and doesn't know what he's planning to do with his life. Even if he's nice, normal, and from like me. Girls want a guy with a plan. So the guys out there who are listening to this, make sure you sit down and determine, what is my plan? How will I finance or sustain my household financially? 
not being a full-time learner, not having any degree or career path on the horizon, I thought to myself that perhaps I should settle for a girl who would take me as I am, even before I figured out where I was going in my life. Big mistake, as you're about to find out. When I floated that idea to my Rebbe's, they unanimously nixed the idea. Marriage, Yoav, is not something you're going to be the ever just to push, back end. You marry someone you think is ideal for you, not someone you're willing to settle for. That that person has to be ideal. Now let's examine what that means, that you're marrying someone who's ideal for you. What clinched that perspective for me was when I heard it from the Rav of my parents' shul. That shul attracts people who, like my parents, are not people who fit in nicely into a typical from situation. And this Rav is the most accepting, non-judgmental rabbi you'll ever meet. And if anyone would have encouraged me to accept any girl as my wife, just because she's a Jew and beloved by Hashem, he was the one. He has very easy parameters. He's an easygoing guy, loves all Jews. Yet he too, this rabbi, was adamant that you absolutely cannot settle in marriage. It's not fair to yourself. And it wouldn't be fair to your wife, the rabbi declared. And so I reasoned, I really have to pull myself together and figure out what I want to do in my life. It was time for a big change. I needed a degree, a career plan. I needed a more polished profile. My current profile wasn't, just wasn't cutting it. Wanting to remain in a sheltered environment, I decided to move from my hometown to New York and attend a Frum degree program. This way I don't have to go to a college where I'd be exposed to elements that are not productive or kosher. But what kind of profession was I going to pursue? I had always fancied myself doing something exciting for a living, not something state or typical or boring. Now it's time to make a career decision. I considered some fashionable yet kosher occupations, but the more I looked into those fields, the more I was concerned. What did it mean to go into real estate? How exactly do you start your own business? What made someone an investor or an entrepreneur or a consultant, which is the more fashionable professions or you know, livelihoods that we hear today in the Jewish world? Looking around, I saw a lot of single guys who were determined to get rich quick or build themselves a glamorous career. In the process of chasing their pipe dreams, they were making themselves less marketable on the shidduch front because they didn't project the responsibility and the stability and commitment necessary for a good marriage. At this point, I asked myself a question. What's more important to me, marriage or career? The answer, obviously, was marriage. I wanted to get married. Being under strict instruction, instructions from my rebbe's and my rabbi not to settle in marriage and not to settle in marriage partner, I realized that the lesson I would have to settle on my career, since I could not afford to jeopardize my marriage prospects by embarking on a glittery but shaky vocation. I had to go find a solid career. I concluded that if I wanted to earn a stable living, the most realistic options for me were accounting and computer programming. I opted for accounting. As it turned out, I actually enjoyed accounting. Not only was entering that field a responsible decision, it was also a clear statement of my priorities. Getting married is a higher value to me than building a hotshot career. I'd rather have a great wife and build a wonderful Jewish home. Until I declared accounting as my major, my references or shatchanim would frequently call me and say, they're asking about your long-term plans. People want to know, what are your long-term plans? I need to have something stable and solid to be able to show for that. What should I tell them? The shatchan would say. But after I put accounting on my resume, I never got that question anymore. More importantly, when the topic came up on dates or at shidduch events, I no longer had to squirm in my seat and mumble something about, I'm figuring it out. You know, that's the hot line today. If you ask a young man, where are you going? What are you doing? I'll figure it out. Watch out for the people who answer that way. Or I'm looking into marketing. In addition to regularly updating the credentials on my resume, I experimented with different references, shuffling through my roster of contacts and seeing which friends 
Rabbeinim and family references were most effective. Let me make a point here. I write a lot of resumes for a lot of people. Sometimes I notice that we're not getting yeses. I look at the references and make all the references. And oftentimes there are certain references out there who are not good for you. They're not saying things that are productive or constructive to help you. So you got to look at your references. Just in the last week or so, I've shuffled references for two clients because I wasn't happy. Some references were just a little too open, saying things that were not necessary and not helpful. So make sure you check your references to ensure that they're positive about you. They're up to date in terms of your life and they're very pro-you. I naively, I naively thought that any good friend of mine would give good information about me, but after hearing several times from Shatchanim that the other sides were concerned or said no because of a silly comment a friend of mine had made as a reference, I realized that I needed to pick references who would give the right kind of information. I would stick, I would stick to married people, this is my uh, humble opinion, and try to avoid single people because they're not as stable and not as mature sometimes. While my Rebbeim had urged me not to settle in a shidduch, it was my friend Usher who helped me to understand what not settling actually means. Usher's mother is a shatran, and the first time he invited me over to his house for a Friday night meal, the topic of conversation turned into shidduchim. His mother threw out a couple of suggestions for me, but the girls she described did not sound particularly interesting. Then her eyes lit up. I have an amazing girl in mind for you, Yoav. She went on to describe a girl who sounded incredible, wonderful, midos, bright, talented, great personality, superb family, and of course, beautiful. Then she paused. Here's the thing she said. The girl was previously married. For a very short time. No kids. The marriage was a total mistake, Yawaf. And the problem that caused the divorce had nothing to do with her. It was all from his side. If I start to feel excited when hearing her initial description of the girl, upon hearing that she was divorced, my interest totally evaporated. I can't go out with a girl who's divorced, I said to her. Why not? I went out with her, Usher said. It didn't work out, but I was okay with the shidduch. I was flabbergasted. Why would you say yes to a girl who's divorced? You were never married before. He shrugged. What's the difference? And what difference does it make if she was divorced? If the divorce wasn't her fault? He's getting a wake-up call, ladies and gentlemen, in life. I couldn't believe how little Usher cared. Give me some time to digest this, Yoaf said. After thinking about it for a couple of weeks, I called Usher's mother with a few questions. You know what? I said to her, After, I'll give it a try. I never did go out with a divorced girl because she said no to me. Apparently because I wasn't from New York, I, wanted, I wasn't planning to live in New York. But just agreeing to her proved to me that it was a watershed moment for me. Because now I had started to make changes. I was moving the mountain of thinking that life had to be one way. Going out with certain girls and no other types of girls. Now I was moving that mountain. That I couldn't possibly, before I had thought that I couldn't possibly marry a girl with a certain issue. Now it seemed irrelevant to me. It dawned on me that there are two types of issues in Shidduch. And this is a very important lesson. Two types of issues in Shidduchim. Issues that can affect the future marriage and issues that are essentially uh, uh, that are extraneous and don't have to matter at all. If you can muster the maturity and flexibility to look past them. So there are issues that are important and there are issues that we fabricate that are totally nonsensical, that only get in the way and prevent us from making good quality objective decisions. When my Rebbeim had instructed me not to settle in a Shidduch, what they meant was that I shouldn't compromise on things that are truly important, such as values, such as Ashkafa, which is outlook, such as character, such as compatibility and chemistry. That's what's important that you don't settle for. But I understood how they did not mean that I shouldn't stretch myself out of my comfort zone and date girls who had some kind of flaw. You can have a divorced girl who has impeccable character and good midos. You can have a girl from a, uh, who's a Yisoma, who's an orphan. You can have a girl that doesn't come from your social strata, that has amazing midos and character, would make an amazing soulmate. 
From then on, I started saying yes to girls who were older than me. That's another thing that people don't want to go to. I don't want to go out with a girl who was older than me. Just the other day, I, I read a shirk to someone, and he didn't want to go out with her because she's a year older, and I convinced him. I said, she has impeccable needles. Give it a shot. And he listened to me, and he did. From then on, I started saying yes to girls who were older than I was, something that I previously wouldn't even be willing to consider. I also went out with girls who were taller than I was, another previous sticking point that I would never have considered before. When, when girls who had unusual family background or were divorced were read to me, I didn't immediately say no, but rather I looked carefully into the circumstances and made a case-by-case decision. This man is now starting to change. He's starting to think and act with a seichel yashar. He's got it right. He's listening to his rebbe's and he's going in the right direction. My ability, which was newfound, to propel myself past my initial discomfort with a particular issue made me feel greatly empowered because now I had many more options in Shaduchim. Before, my options were limited because of my mindset. As I now empowered myself and expanded my mindset, so many more girls were now potential candidates for me. Unfortunately, I discovered that many people were not less willing to overlook the issues that I learned to recognize as trivial. And don't we encounter that all the time. When I was 26, a shidduch was suggested to me with a girl who was 29. I didn't, didn't have to worry about the significant age gap because she turned me down without making, me, without making a single phone call because I wasn't so-called Hamish. Another family that had one child on the streets, another child with severe learning disabilities, said no to me because my family was strange because they were, my parents were Balei Tshuva, even though their daughter was in her late 20s and they had an off-the-derek child. Once I was talking to a single friend and he confided that he had met a girl he was very interested in marrying but he couldn't bring himself to pursue the shidduch because the girl was two years older than he was. Something that I had overcome. A roadblock that I had overcome. I just went out with a girl who was four years older than I am, I told my friend, and two inches taller. And plus, she abolished tshuva. So he was able to exemplify and demonstrate how open-minded he had become. How much he had advanced. And my friend was floored. But he still couldn't bring himself to marry the older girl even though he really liked her. By this time, he had been in the Parsha for close to 10 years and had spent tens of thousands of dollars on dates. After several years in Shaduchim, I was feeling very discouraged. At that point, I began talking to my dating coach who helped me bear the load by hearing me out when I was frustrated and helping me vet Shidduch candidates more effectively, which is what I do. I love doing this work. A dating coach can be very constructive to help you and analyze yourself, to help you expand your parameters, to help you look through the Shaduchim offers that you're getting to determine who's right for you. When I was considering meeting a girl who had some significant baggage, for instance, my dating coach made some inquiries herself and advised me to stay far away. A friend of mine had a pattern of breaking up with girls and then regretting having broken up. In general, I noticed that he made decisions very impulsively, so I suggested to him that he talk to my dating coach. And he said, okay, I'll do it. When I tried explaining that a dating coach can really help, he was, he was interested. Then other friends didn't want to go to dating coaches, and unfortunately they kept making the same mistakes like a hamster on a wheel. He wasn't the only single person I encountered who was unwillingly sabotaging his own shidduch prospects. I meet many people who are constantly stuck in the same, pro- same mind- mindset and same thinking patterns that are constantly sabotaging their opportunities to get married. At one point, I attended a networking meeting for singles at which 20 of the singles in attendance was asked to describe what they were looking for in a shidduch. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. After hearing one person after another describe themselves in vague terms and say we're just looking for a nice guy or a nice girl, one of the Shatchanim coordinating events stood up and requested, people, you got to be more specific. Just a nice guy or a nice girl won't cut it. Don't you have a top 10 list? This is something that I do all the time, help people draft a top 10 list. Sit down with yourself and create a top 10 needs list of what character and what values you want in your soulmate. 
It's not enough to say that you're looking for a nice person, the Shatchan emphasized. Sure enough, when the next girl got up and described what she wanted in the Shidduch, she said, I'm just looking for a nice guy. Same mistake. I, for one, had come to the meeting prepared with a short but detailed description of what I wanted in a wife. And I, wrote, and I said the following as I got up and it was my turn. I need a girl who is from and smart and has depth, who's easygoing and open-minded enough to give me the space to be who I am and to do the things I want to do, I explained to the crowd. And it's really important to me that she be a happy person with Simcha Sechaim who can roll with the punches. That's critical. When you're looking into Shidduchim and you're creating your top 10 list, one of the things you should always be putting down here is Simcha Sechaim. Can she just roll with the punches? Or he? Can he roll with the punches? But a few of the other singles in attendance, all of whom had been in Shidduchim for several years, None of them, no, nobody was able to articulate a similar vision for what they were seeking in a spouse. Huge mistake, which is what will explain why someone can be in Shidduchim for year after year, decade after decade. Because they don't take the time to understand themselves, understand what they need. The people at this meeting reminded me of my teammates back in high school who had stood in place on the basketball court waiting for the ball to land in their hands. It doesn't work that way. At another Shidduch event I attended, I met a girl I thought I would want to date. And I asked the Shatchan in charge to set me up with her. You want to go out with her? The Shatchan asked. Raising an eyebrow? I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at your resume and I see you attended two different high schools. You learned in the Mir Yeshiva, but not by the Rabbi Rabusher, who is one of the big lecturers there. And you're in no, you went to a no-name college. This girl is from a very prominent family and has a pre- prestigious degree and career. She's not going to be interested in you. Look how people start to now rate. After that experience, I mentally added humble to the list of qualities I wanted in a wife. Ladies and gentlemen, that means nothing. Whose shear you went to, what rabbi you had, and which shear, and what college name brand. All that stuff is ridiculous. A girl who would judge me by the types of schools I attended and evaluate me in terms of superficial prestige was automatically disqualified. That's not the kind of wife I wanted. In my eyes, due to her attitude of entitlement, I wasn't interested. That realization turned out to be perfect because it was a perfect prelude to my own shidduch, which materialized shortly thereafter. When my kala chedva, was first suggested to me, I almost nixed the idea. She was described as a quiet and refined girl, while I thought I needed a girl who was vivacious and outgoing, because I had met a number of quiet girls and found that I didn't click with them. And not only were her parents divorced, but her family situation was so complicated that it made my family look positively mainstream by comparison. My dating coach encouraged me, Yoav, give it a try. The fundamentals are there. She has the qualities you're looking for in a great wife. To my surprise, when I was with Chedva, I didn't find myself struggling to fill awkward silences. It was flowing, as had often happened on previous dates when we had awkward silence moments. She had plenty to say, and the conversation flowed easily with Chedva. We felt comfortable enough with each other that by the fourth date, we were already discussing our complicated family lives, and I was very impressed by how calm and pragmatic she was about her background. She wasn't flustered anyway. She had self-assurance. One of the things that I lectured on about a month ago, that a girl needs to display self-assurance. Nor did Chedva care that I was just becoming an accountant or that I wasn't attending a brand name college. Still, I was nervous, especially because I had expected to marry a spunkier, more outgoing girl. It took time and some adjustment of expectations on my part with the help and guidance of my mentors before I could bring myself to close the shidduch. Those cool, edgy, spunky girls... You're talking about might make great dates, one of my rabbis told me, but they won't necessarily make a good wife. Our engagement was in a sense the culmination of every lesson I had learned during my five years in Shaduchim. It was my dating coach who helped me look back and see how all the work I had done on myself had prepared me to feel confident that Chadva was the right one. 
You were honest with yourself about who you are, my dating coach said. You moved to New York and made yourself presentable with a job and education. You were willing to stretch yourself and overlook some of the things about Khadr's family and personality that made you uncomfortable. And you knew that what was important to you in a shidduch. So when you met Khadva, you were able to mentally check off the qualities that you were looking for while making sure that you clicked with her. So he was now in a groove to meet the right girl. Like I always tell people, when you prepare yourself and you know what to look for and you can recognize what you need, it's magnetic, it comes to you. Because you're now clear and you have clarity. I don't think it's my efforts, Yoav writes, that got me to where I am. Shidduch I'm made in heaven. And if a person manages to get engaged, it's purely by the grace of Hashem. I daven my heart out during my years in Shidduchim, and I know that tefillah or prayer is the most potent tool of all. Yet I also believe that I'd, had I stood passively and waited for the right Shidduch to materialize, I might just be standing around, wringing my hands for the next 10 years, and claiming like everyone else says, the system is broken. People like to talk about how pictures are the problem, or resumes are the problem, or shatchanim are the problem, or the shidduch system is the problem. The assumption that we are all victims of the system, and if, we, if it was only fixed, the shidduch crisis would disappear. And I humbly disagree, Yoav writes. Having spent five years in the system, I honestly don't think it needs any fixing. We already have shidduch websites, we have speed dating events, we have singles retreats, we have a mind-boggling number of official and unofficial shatchanim and working valiantly to set people up. But I don't think we spend enough time addressing the main issue, the people within the system. No change to the system will help if singles are not willing to look honestly at who they really are, build themselves up, narrow down their needs, and push the boundaries of their comfort zone. Let's repeat that. I don't think we need to do anything to address the system, because the system is not broken. No change to the system will help if singles are not willing to look honestly at who they really are, build themselves up, narrow down their needs, and push the boundaries of their comfort zone. These are all fantastic comments that are takeaways from today. Doing, does doing all that guarantee you? Shidduch? Of course not. But going after the ball rather than standing and waiting for the ball to come to you is a lot more helpful to helping you reach your goal. Khadva and I got engaged just before COVID-19. For many engaged couples, the derailment of wedding plans caused by social distancing has been devastating. For me, however, the new configuration of what a normal from wedding looks like has been a huge relief. Because frankly, I didn't want a big fancy wedding. My Kala and I both come from unusual family situations and it would be very uncomfortable for both of us to have our family showcase before hundreds of people. So Hashem was amazingly merciful to us in that we met now. Many of whom don't know much about our backgrounds and would find the cast of characters in our family quite odd. I'm also not a great dancer, so I'm grateful to be spared the prospect of having to spend hours at the center of a dance floor. Chedva, edel, refined girl that she is, is equally delighted to get married surrounded by only a few close people. And the negligible cost of the tiny backyard wedding we're planning takes a huge financial burden off our shoulders and those of our parents. Were it not for this catastrophic pandemic, we would never have dared buck societal norms by planning such an unconventional wedding. But for us, the opportunity to celebrate our chasana out of the limelight is a silver lining what is otherwise a very dark cloud in our lives today. But thank God, lifting. What a wonderful lesson, ladies and gentlemen. What a wonderful odyssey that we can learn from. We learned so many wonderful lessons here. You've got to stretch your comfort zone. You've got to take the time to understand who you are. You've got to create your top ten list. You've got to be open-minded. And then the pool of candidates that are right for you is going to expand. You've got to look the other way if she's a little, he or she is a little shorter or taller 
or they don't come from exactly the kind of family you're looking for. You've got to expand that, 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 that lane. And if anyone out there would like my help in any way in Shaduchim or to create a top 10 list or would like for me to give you an assessment of your relationship, please, you can email me at drjackcohen18 at gmail.com drjackcohen18 at gmail.com or WhatsApp or text me for an appointment 305-206-1916. Have a great day. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.